Greetings to all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Good to see all of you again this morning. Welcome to each one, especially our guests who are with us. Thank you for coming. Maybe make a few comments before we go into the message. Thank you for bringing us up to speed there, Brother Tim, on current events in Tanzania. <clears throat> we do we do rejoice with you because we at a milestone like this because we know that there were various moments of that tested your faith in that journey that uh, brought it so far. Those moments when you wondered if all the labor was in vain. But it was not in vain. Thank God. Moments where you probably felt very unappreciated back in that valley. (laughs) And like the work you did was credit was taken away from you and and uh, yet God is faithful and it's 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 his church he has never uh, he never left Ivuna he was never forced out of Ivuna he's been there all along so thank God for that So we do rejoice in that milestone. Also, uh, uh, something that stood out to me this morning, I thought I would just make comment on before I, in the devotional, before I go into the message. Um, From Job... There, Job, in uh, going back here to Job chapter 1, where Jonathan had taken us for a moment. We look at all the adverse, uh, we know about all the adverse circumstances that happened in Job's life. And uh, the Chaldeans took off with the camels and servants were slain and Winds came and blew down the buildings and all just all sorts of things that came. And uh, of course, we have the story and we have the inside story. At At that moment, Job didn't per se see the inside story. He, uh, being a spiritual man, I suspect he had some understanding, but he he didn't see the inside story. We read it and we know the inside story. We know exactly uh, what the scripture reveals, how that Satan was had his part in the whole scheme. And he had his part because God gave him that freedom, gave him that place, 
uh, to function in that moment. And so all that happened, that happened. And then it says in verse 22, in, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. And in my center column, it says, would read like this, or attributed folly to God. Job did not sin and he did not attribute folly to God. And I thought about that and uh, I, I, I thought I'd add to maybe a, just a little bit of our thoughts from Wednesday night. We, we shared a few thoughts about... Uh, and had prayer Wednesday night here as brothers about uh, uh, Dr. Yeager and the stand he's taking against uh, the state recommendations for school children and all that. And and we prayed some for that whole situation. And as I as I as I looked at this verse this morning again, I I, I could just. I felt it applied so much. It applies to us today, this verse does, and I think this is the verse that should be the the passion of our hearts. That in all this we sinned not, nor attributed folly to God. As we see all these things that have taken place in the last year and a half, approximately, and and there's there's so many details about things that would raise questions about uh, sincerity and and trustworthiness and what's really going on and all those kinds of things. This should be our bottom line desire and posture. There's no doubt. I think it's a, I'm just going to say it, I think it's a similar situation to a Job situation. I think there, uh, I think there's all sorts of things happening in the background. And they are happening because God permits them to happen. There are all kinds of powers at work in the background. We don't see the full picture. And probably never will. But this can still be and should be our desired posture. In all this, we sin not, nor attribute folly to God. Does that make sense? Without fleshing it out a lot more, um, the things that have happened and transpired in our lives in the last year, God knew they were coming and God said, it's okay. These things can happen. These things can disrupt these people. These things can disrupt this nation. These things can disrupt this world. It's okay. And he's, he, uh, he whatever, it doesn't matter what the motivations, what the, uh, how pure, how unpure, how Political, how unpolitical, it doesn't matter. It only happened because God said it's okay that these things are going to happen. 
and our posture and my posture, I want it to be that we sin not and nor attribute folly to God. God knows. God understands. Things didn't momentarily go out of kelter for God. Things didn't momentarily go out of control. God knows exactly what his plan is and where things will go from here. <clears throat> so I want to encourage us with that. All right, so we're back in the book of First John again this morning. First John chapter 2. And our scripture text this morning is verse 18 to verse 29. Why don't we stand together and read this text? Responsively, I will read a verse and you will read the next verse and so on until we have worked our way through this text. Beginning in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for this gathering. Thank you, Father, for uh, the scriptures that we have before us. Thank you for the instruction that we can receive from it. And today again we ask for your spirit to be our teacher. 
through the word, giving us understanding, giving us uh, understanding of how these things might uh, relate to our world today, and Lord, how they might relate to our lives personally. And Father, again, uh, bless us, bless this hour, pour out your spirit upon each of us, that uh, your work of faith might continue in all of our hearts, that we might grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we might be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the inner man. Lord, be with us and bless us to that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right, this uh, scripture perhaps is one that uh, the wording, you, 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 just a, 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 a light reading leaves you some t- it could leave you wondering what, what exactly is he saying here in some of these parts. Uh, Maybe I'll just give a quick general uh, overview before we actually take it apart a bit further. So the um, he, he begins here, uh, little children, it is the last time. As ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, and even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. So he was, Apostle John was evaluating what was happening right at his time there, and based on... Uh, what Jesus had said about the last times and things, uh, uh, John uh, evaluated and said, it is the last times. We see these things happening, and therefore we know it is the last times. And and uh, it talks about uh, this word, last time, is actually last hour. So uh, I believe the Apostle John um thought that things are about winding down, I believe. <laughs> uh, we are here, and uh, this has been quite a number of years later, and I guess we all would say, still say, based on what we see happening in our world, and uh, the movement that we see toward ungodliness, and uh, we would say, well, if it was the last hour then, it must be the last couple of minutes now. Is that right? Um, but anyhow, so then, uh, and then he goes on and gives some, uh, uh, discusses what, he, uh, what he's talking about here a bit when he talks about Antichrist. Um, I believe he uses, he says that ye have heard that the Antichrist shall come, and then he says there are, are many Antichrists. I believe... I believe he's probably talking about two different things there. The one being the Antichrist that is spoken of in Scripture and Revelation and Daniel and and all those kind of things. And the other being Antichrists that were uh, present right then. Who were, uh, and maybe we could ask the question, what is what does it mean, Antichrist? Uh, simply means opposed to or against Christ. Uh, and as we look down through here, we'll realize that there were those who were opposed to and were against Christ. And we see that here. Um, 
He says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. Uh, basically, what he is saying there, apparently there were, there were those who separated themselves from the church. Uh, and if we read further, we discover that they were, uh, they were teaching a different doctrine, a different uh perspective um, so he says uh, verse 20 ye have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things or uh, some translations would say ye you have all you all have knowledge you all have understanding um, he says I, I didn't write to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is, is of the truth. Verse 22, who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. And that's what was happening. That's what he was uh, uh, calling or yeah, identifying as Antichrist. There were teachings in his day that were uh, against Christ. They didn't attribute to Christ his rightful place in salvation, in God's plan of salvation. Uh, they set him aside. They uh, didn't believe in his, uh, that he was actually a physical person, that he actually had a body of flesh and blood like you and I do. Uh, they taught different things like that. And... Uh, and and like he's and probably and we know we you know if we look across the landscape of beliefs in our world today, you know there are those who believe that they follow God but not through Jesus Christ. There are uh, religions like that. Uh, John makes it crystal clear here that if you don't have Jesus, you don't have God. And uh, and if you have Jesus, if your if your uh, faith is centered on Jesus then you have the Father also um, in these verses. Anyhow, um, so that's kind of what John is dealing with as he uh, unfolds these scriptures. And, uh, and at the end of it, then he encourages them to stay, uh, to abide in Christ, to stay focused there. Now, we would like to, like to take it a, a just that was a, a quick summary, and now I'd like to uh, go back and just look at it a bit more deeply. Um, so, when we think about Antichrist or against Christ, I thought it would be helpful for us to establish what. Um, you know, sometimes it's 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 helpful to look at the opposite. Okay, so we have Antichrist against Christ. So what's the other side look like? For Christ, in Christ, the truth. What does that look like? Um, he says here that uh, I've not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it. Um, they had knowledge of the truth. They did understand the truth. In verse 26, he says, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. So they were, there were those who were trying to 
lead them away from the truth, lead them away from their uh, solid uh, resting on Christ. And um, so, let's look at several verses. Um, Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So we'll read verse um, verse 1 to 8. Paul, re- uh, writing here to the Corinthians, says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, and which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, that he was seen of Cephas and then of the twelve, and after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, whom the greater part remain at the present time, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James and then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. So here, when we think about uh, what is truth, what is uh, for Christ, uh, what what um, what are we looking at? So, this scripture, he says that the gospel that he preached and brought to them was that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, and he rose again the third day. Now, that may seem kind of simple and kind of basic, but that is the kind of thing that was being challenged. Um, And I'm not... uh, versed enough to give you a an eloquent layout of what the uh, opposing teachings were, uh, but I do know that uh, uh, they questioned the de- the uh, that Christ was actually came in the flesh that he actually like I said had a body like you and I do and uh, and uh, that of course me- meant how did you bury him? And how did he rise again? You know, all those kind of things that follows through. And so this defense uh, is one that uh, you will find in Scripture uh, quite, a, quite a bit. This, uh, because this is the core of our salvation, that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he raised, was raised up again. Um, And that, uh, well, let's look at some more scriptures. In, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, this is said of Jesus, who hath uh, delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So, uh, 
And then we have that familiar scripture in John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. So we have... um, Maybe we'll read a couple more scriptures and I'll try to kind of pull that all together. We have, uh, let's go to Romans 10. Actually, I have that one in the ESV. Uh, Romans 10, verse verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So we have, uh, we have Jesus. And I, it's a little bit hard to just put this on the board, but I would really wish I could. so we have uh, that uh, Jesus died for our sins. We talked about that. Um, he was buried. He's put in a grave. He rose again. And then we have these uh, words in uh, in Romans where he says that uh, that we just read that the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. So. uh this is the gospel message that is proclaimed and this is what we need to respond to in order to be saved. Like it says here, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, fairly, uh, fairly simple and fairly basic, really. But, uh, and yet profound, because if we move away from that, we're moving away from uh, the truth. So our response is, It 
is to confess and to believe. And it's a little hard to know which order to put those in. But those are the two things that are given in this scripture in Romans 10. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, and basically, uh, it's they kind of go, they're kind of like hand and glove, confessing and believing, believing and confessing, you know. Uh, that, but that's, that's the, uh, that's where the salvation uh, happens. So the gospel is preached. Uh, uh, the, the, the sinner is told that Jesus died for his sins, shed his blood, um, that uh, through Christ he can be uh, delivered from the power of darkness, from the power of sin. Through Christ he can be translated into Christ's kingdom. He can become a new creature. He can become a new person. He can be born again. Scripture uses a various different terms to describe the same thing. But it's all rooted in the fact that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. And uh, if we confess and believe, uh, it becomes a part of us, a part of our experience, a part of our reality. And then um, we have scriptures like Romans chapter 8, and I will encourage you to turn that one to, to that one. Uh, Romans 8. If we were to take the time to examine Romans 6, we would see what we've been talking about in Romans 6 also. But Romans 8 then takes us a step further where he says, there is therefore, uh, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after this flesh, but after the Spirit. And so then, uh, out of that then comes a, uh, a walk in the Spirit. Maybe we'll just say life in the spirit walking in the spirit and in 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 a, in a very concise um, bare bones outline that's salvation that's the Christian life. Uh, so that's that's uh, on the contrast of uh, of uh, the Antichrist and 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 being against Christ. 
this is what it looks like to be for Christ or the truth that John is talking about. So when we when John going back now to first John when John speaks about uh he's saying there's antichrists um they went out from them they went a different way uh they were being seduced the believers the uh, uh, Christian believers were being seduced to follow that way uh they were being challenged that Apparently that uh, there's another uh, truth, you know. Um, But as John says here, uh, who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. And that is what was being denied. This is the part that was being denied in uh, in uh, those some of those uh, false uh, teachings that were prevalent or becoming prevalent. I think if I remember right, in the the church had been in existence now when John wrote this, the church would have been in, a New Testament church would have been in existence for about sixty, probably sixty plus years, uh sixty, seventy years. And in that time things had yeah, things uh there were challenges that were coming. There were false uh, uh, teachers and, and beliefs and such. <clears throat> and John was uh, working hard at uh, keeping things on track, keeping people believing the, the truth. So what what are antichrists? Well, they're, they're those that teach against and oppose Christ, oppose the way of salvation, oppose the truth about it, um, and it can be in varied levels. It can be uh, it can be an outright denial of of Christ's humanity that he came in the flesh, which was a part of the deal back then, uh, and what all they surrounded that teaching with. Uh, it can be it can be a partial denial. I believe there's a lot of that goes on in our world, um, and it can be an outright denial. Uh, We'd like to try to examine that a little bit. Antichrists oppose some or all of the the teachings uh, about Christ and salvation. As I said earlier, there's, there's, uh, we're, we're all somewhat familiar with, uh, religions that teach a way to God, but do not believe in Jesus. Do not believe that Jesus was a savior. Do not believe that he was, uh, that by his shedding of his blood we have remission of sins. Do not believe that, uh, you know, might, uh, they might call him a good man. He was a good prophet. He was good this, good that. But they will not attribute to him the the uh, truth that he was our propitiation. 
It was his shed blood that we have forgiveness of sins. And those any teachings that divert from that are false, are antichrist, are against Christ. The scriptures have quite a bit to say about uh, about those things. Peter had quite a bit to say in Second Peter. Let's turn there. Uh, and this, these, these challenges that John is addressing and Peter is addressing and others address in the scriptures uh, about antichrists and false teachers and, and all those kind of things, uh, they are not addressing the unbelieving world. That's not where the problem lies. They are addressing a people, a person, a people, a groups of people, or whatever it is, who actually are making some kind of a claim, some kind of a religious claim, but are not, uh, not, they're, they're missing the mark by, by a lot in various ways. So, uh, second Peter, Chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 to begin. Peter says, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in uh, damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Uh, Just going back and looking at that a little bit, uh, he says that they'll uh, bring in damnable heresies, and uh, maybe another way to say it, they'll bring in soul-damning heresies. Heresies that will leave a soul damned if you believe them. Because they move you away from faith in Jesus Christ. Move you away from a trust. the only trust, the only place we can have salvation. And they move you away from that, thus damning the soul of the person who believes it. Denying the Lord that bought them. And denying what Christ has done. Uh, that those kind of things would happen. Then picking up again in verse 17 of, of chapter 2. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in, in bondage. So the, uh, yeah, the clouds without water, uh, wells without water, clouds carried about with a tempest, uh, speaking Great swelling words, um, but all the while being uh, proclaiming liberty, but all the while they're in bondage to their own 
flesh and sin. A form of antichrist against Christ. Second Timothy, Paul uh, addresses similar ideas. Second Timothy three, one to six. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of, of the truth. And again, I think we, we do well to recognize that this, again, is not talking about a uh, defiant, unbelieving world. It's talking about people that have some form, some expression of godliness, some expression of faith in God, but totally denying the power thereof, as it says here. Having a form of godliness, some kind of a profession to godliness, some kind of a, uh, of a belief, uh, but uh, obviously looking at the, at the fruit of it, it's... Uh, it's uh, compl- uh, just a complete um, washout to, to sin and, uh, and foolishness and ungodliness. <clears throat> and it's Antichrist uh, denying the power thereof, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Jude has this to say, uh, in Jude 18 and 19, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time. And I believe he's probably, he may have had, uh, Jude may have had a chance to have read some of uh, either Paul or Peter's writings here. But he says, how they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. And so the uh, uh, having a power of uh, uh, having, how does it say it in Second Timothy, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Um, so one of the one of the uh, types of antichrists that you have in our world is that is just that where there's some kind of a profession um, to faith. Of some sort, some kind of a profession of belief in God, some kind might even be a profession of belief in Jesus. Could very well be. Might even be a profession of believing that Jesus died for our sins. Uh, but, uh, as he says here, denying the power thereof. So, uh, the power of this, uh, 
reality in a human life. What is it? What is that power? The person who uh, believes in Jesus, believes that he died for his sins, that he was buried, that he was rose again, that he, become, he confesses, he believes it, it becomes a part of his life. He, uh, he uh, receives the, the Spirit and begins a life in the Spirit. The power, uh, as, as Colossians says, delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Uh, the, this, uh, this reality is not just a nice little thing to believe. This is the reality of being delivered from one kingdom and translated to another kingdom. Being delivered from a kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son, which uh, talks about a radical change in a human life. Talks about a radical deliverance from bondages and sins. Talks about a radical uh, crossover from one camp to another. And that whole thing that whole reality is denied by, and we know it is that way, it's denied by a huge part of today's Christianity. The reality that Jesus, uh, that if you uh, are truly connected to the Lord Jesus, you have a true uh, believer's faith, it will change your life. And your life will continue to be changed. And that part is denied uh, in so many uh, places and ways. Um, the uh, some some beliefs uh, have it broken down to where you uh, you know you believe in Jesus and your life is a mess, but. You're still saved, but in the end, you know, you won't have much to show for in the eternal kingdom, but you're saved. You're saved. Uh, reality is, of course, the way, the way John teaches in his epistle that uh, if, if uh, our lives are riddled with sin, then we really do need to go back and look at this and ask the question, did we actually meet Jesus? Were we actually... Uh, living in the reality of a new life. You know, we have uh, we have uh, much of the modern church is is uh, swept along the the waves of of uh, our current current climate in our moral current moral climate in our world, much of the modern church is swept right along on the waves of all of that, and uh, subjects that should never even be. Uh, brought to the table for consideration as to whether they're right and wrong because the Bible says they're wrong are actually being brought to the table and declared right. Such as the alternate lifestyles that many are choosing and 
and uh, are riddling our society. That's a that's a totally totally uh, antichrist. And I don't know where you know where this where it all stops and starts. You know we could. You know, we can think, and it's not up to us to necessarily draw the, the hard and black lines on those things and say those people are, are antichrists and those are not. And it's, it's uh, obviously in the obvious we need to be willing to stand up and stand for truth and say, you know what, that's, that's heresy, that's not right. That's, you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian church. You know, if you're, if you're doning uh, this alternate lifestyle business, you're, that's, Totally not Christ. It's just not even in the books of Christ. You're totally off the charts. Um, but then it probably comes closer home. You know, uh, when when uh, does a when do a people depart far enough from the truth of God and uh, and the reality of uh, Christ that they become an antichrist? That they become against Christ when Christ. Uh, you know, subjects like uh, uh, women in leadership and those kind of subjects are promoted in churches while the scripture speaks against them. Uh, subjects of divorce or remarriage after divorce. I'll say that the right way. Remarriage after divorce. Uh, and churches sanction those things and say that it's okay and that you were the victim and, and all sorts of things like that. And those are those are incredibly uh, difficult things. We know that, but um, we don't want to be swept along with modern thought and become antichrist. Begin to teach what Christ uh, taught against. Begin to condone and bless in people's lives what Christ taught against. So there's that aspect of it and where that all breaks down in our culture and world today and where it might break down in our lives even. Then there's another uh, another aspect of it and this uh, as far as uh, against Christ and this is found in Galatians probably familiar to you Bible readers. But there we have the opposite side of things taking place. Um, so what we've been talking about uh, up to this point has been has a, had a lot to do with uh, taking away from the reality of Christ, uh, t- uh, licentiousness. Uh, yeah, uh, unbelief uh, on that side of things. But then in Galatians, we have a different problem happening. And this also takes away from Christ and becomes a, uh, an antichrist against Christ. Beginning in Galatians 1, verse 6, Paul, uh, writing here, says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, 
unto you than that which ye have than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. I'm going to stop there for the moment. Uh, maybe we can just uh, maybe read a few more uh, verses in this book to get a broader context and then discuss it a little bit. So let's jump over to chapter 3, verse 1. Verse 1 to 6. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Having Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? He that therefore... He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And if we would just go on to chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. He says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect, that ye might affect them. But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you, I desire to be present with you and to change my voice, but I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, Ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? Um, And I think I'll just stop there. He goes on into the uh, bond maid and the free woman and all that. Um, Let's just jump into at verse 5, 1 to 4 yet. It will give us a bit more of the context. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law, to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, for ye are fallen from grace. And those last words really do sum it up well. So in this case, uh, these people uh, did not deny this reality outright, but they did say, and it's apparent by the teaching there, that in order to be saved, they would need to be circumcised, which was an old, which was the, the Jewish practice brought along from the old covenant. And the one that they had uh, already discussed in the book of Acts and, and had settled the matter. But here they were. Uh, this teaching was prevalent. There were those who were uh, promoting it. Paul was uh, adamant, uh, adamantly opposed to it, obviously, because it was a diversion from Christ. And uh, Paul said some very strong things uh, 
one place he has said he would that they were cut off, which are teaching those things. So we have that side of the coin, uh, that side of the things, where um, which is just as uh, erone- erroneous as the other, but uh, where uh, there's additions put with uh, salvation. And that if you uh, you have to do this or you have to do that, you have to be uh, circumcised in their case. Uh, and that uh, that becomes a problem because, again, it's it is shortchanging this. So if if there was something that we could do, if circumcision or if if just living a really good life could cut it for us. If we could just come up with a perfect recipe of do nots and do's and we could live it. That would take away the need for Jesus. Take away the need for his blood to be shed. And so any time we start to add to it, we start to deduct from this. We start to uh, reduce uh, that, uh, and that becomes a perversion. A, uh, an antichrist becomes against Christ, uh, teaching something that is not uh, biblically sound and solid. Um, and... Uh, that was uh, that was a problem among the religious of the day, the Jews. Um, the uh, it's it's probably it's it's a it's a problem that is 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 present in uh, in strong religious cultures, uh, whether it's. Um, our Lancaster County strong religious cultures. It's a problem that exists. Does it exist in everyone's experience? I don't think so. But it is a problem that does exist where uh, a person's faith is becomes mis, uh, mis, uh, misapplied. Mis, it becomes uh, set in the wrong thing. And a person... Uh, can grow up believing that if they become a church member and follow the rules of the church, then they have hope of going to heaven. But that's not what we're looking at here. That's not what uh, the scripture teaches us. But it is a reality that uh, exists. And uh, we, you know, while we believe in a Life in the Spirit. We believe in a life of holiness because that is the kind of life that the Spirit of Christ will produce in a person. We believe in that. We believe that uh, there should be a flow uh, in a person's life that when they have believed in the Lord Jesus that there is a distinct... uh, Continuation of a spirit-filled life and holiness and and uh, uh, 
uh, transformation and yeah, just. But when we when we uh, and we and we we live this life of holiness not to be saved, but because we are saved. The life of holiness is the result of being saved. The life of holiness is not to be saved. It's not to gain our acceptance up here. We first gain our acceptance and then out of that, with the Spirit of Christ dwelling within, we walk in, an, in obedience to our new King. And that's something that um, we want to ever strive to be clear on. Uh, We're not uh, living a life of holiness to gain our approval with God. We are living a life of holiness because we found approval with God. And we found His Holy Spirit. So going back to 1 John... As we wind down here to the end of this text, then we, uh, it talks about the Antichrist and their teachings that, uh, are against Christ. And then he talks about, uh, he says to them in verse 27, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach, that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Uh, uh, earlier in the text, in verse 20, he had said this, but ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things, ye have all knowledge. So, uh, basically there, he's, he's uh, referring to the fact that the Spirit of uh, uh, Christ was, uh, had given them understanding of the truth. Uh, they had an understanding of the truth. And he's calling them back to that. So they were being pulled aside. Somebody was trying to seduce them. They were maybe questioning. But he's calling them back to what they first believed, to what they first responded to, uh, to what they first understood of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. He's calling them back to that. That which the Spirit had taught them uh, from the very beginning of their faith. And he's calling them to uh, abide there. To, to remain steadfast. Uh, to uh, be uh, settled uh, there in their faith. And not be uh, drawn away. As he says here, Now little children, abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Uh, that's where he wanted to leave them. That's where he wanted them to uh, continue uh, settled in this, uh, in their faith in Jesus Christ and, uh, and not be diverted, not be moved away, not be pulled aside. And that's where I'd like to leave it with us as well. Encourage us again today. Uh, to continue abiding in Jesus. To continue uh, resting in Him. Having our faith and confidence in Christ. Uh, 
Having uh, believed and confessed with our mouth uh, that we do believe that Jesus died for us, that he uh, was buried, that he did rise again, that he is now seated at the right hand of God making intercession for us, that he has sent forth his Holy Spirit into our hearts, that we can, uh, that it will teach us, that it will instruct us, that it will strengthen us, it will comfort us, it will help us, it will be our aid to walk uh to walk in a life that is approved is uh, uh, as uh, Romans says, uh, the righteousness of the law is fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Uh, if we if we can if we could walk perfectly by the spirit, we would actually be filling, uh, living out the righteousness requirements of the law. Uh, in other words, the law in itself wasn't wrong. What it re- what it asked of us. Uh, was was righteous living, but we we uh, lacked a lot on our part to do it, and Christ brought His Spirit to enable us in that. <clears throat> so abide in Him, that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. And He will come again. You know we. Uh, sometimes uh, you, time goes on, and you you you, you kind of get used to the fact that one day will follow the next. But someday that there's going to be an interruption in that whole thing, and uh, the Lord Jesus is going to show up. If you're able, let's kneel together and we'll close with prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, again, we bow in your presence in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for this assembly. Thank you for the, again for the scriptures that we have in our hands and in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your care for us. Your love for us, each of us here today. Pray that your spirit would, could have and would continue to minister hope, help, encouragement, and strength that we might walk faithfully with you, Lord. Again, bless each one. Pray that each person may have received some little nugget of truth for their souls, Lord. Something that would encourage, something that would uh, strengthen, something that would sustain their uh, faith and confidence in you. Again, Lord, Bless us and keep us. Grant us courage in, uh, in our world today to be faithful to you, to abide in you, to uh, reflect, to show to a world uh, around us the, the love of Christ, the truth of Christ, and what Christ has uh, come to do in a human life. So again, Father, thank you. Thank you for the freedom to gather this way. Thank you for governments that allow this freedom. Pray for places in the world where it's uh, where that is not allowed, uh, where people do not have the freedom, where they need to gather in secret. Bless those believers as well. And Father, wherever uh, people have gathered this day uh, to worship, whether in truth or in pretense, Lord, may your spirit work. May it... Uh, 
continue to build the church, may it draw souls to the kingdom. And Lord, we also uh, thank you for the little church in Ivuna. Bless the believers there. Strengthen them. Add to the church such as should be saved. Father, pray for the for the church that uh, their local testimony would be of such that it uh, would be salt and light to the community around them. Father, again, thank you. Thank you for uh, preserving uh, that uh, body of believers there. And, uh, and for all the uh, outposts in Tanzania, the various places where uh, people, uh, little churches are, where people are uh, sharing the gospel, where uh, truth is being preached. Lord, build your church. Again, Father, keep us here in this country, in this land. Help us, Father, to be true to you uh, at all times, we pray, Father, and ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.